It's beautiful. Every color is powerful. Every color is worthy. Try to bury us. They didn't realize we were seeds. They didn't realize you were seeds. They open doors so others can walk through them. Your legacy is every life you have ever touched. I'm Stella Saliari, and this is Salt the Podcast, a series of encounters with inspiring women. They're healers, activists, mothers, educators, and world changers. Together, we create community, share knowledge, amplify voices, heal, and break narratives by elevating a new generation. Welcome to Salt the Podcast. Our guest today is Teveta Horhaus-Müller. Teveta is a youth worker, coach, the woman behind the beautiful blogs This Girl's Black Book and This Girl Can Cook. She's a writer and expert in how the internet influences youngsters. Teveta is based in Harlem, the Netherlands. She's married to Robert Jan and the mother of Ella and Uma. We met in 2015 when she used to be my neighbor And we quickly realized that we share the same ideas about the world. And so Teveta became an important part in my Amsterdam life. With her work and ideas, she brings flavor into the world. She initiates change for us and raises awareness about important topics, such as the significance of multicultural children's books and the effects of the internet on youngsters. The things she creates are beautiful. Have a look at her blogs and you will understand what I mean. The title of today's encounter is Our Identity is Not Limited and is part of the overall topic Elevating a New Generation that is feminist and anti-racist. We will speak about food, her blogs, writing a multicultural children's book, female solidarity. We will find out who has been her salt and what she has to say to the next generation. And of course, a lot more. Welcome to Veta. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So let's start with a little bit more about you. Who are you? I mean, I already said a lot, but uh, it would be great if you could also share a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, uh, Tveta and I'm a 30 years old uh, woman. I still don't consider myself as a woman, but here I am. Born in Amsterdam in uh, a part called Geusveld. I have Surinamese roots, married to Robajan, almost forgot, <laughs> one of the most important <laughs> things in my life. I'm a mother of two girls, uh, Ella and Uma, and uh, I just recently moved to Harlem, uh, where I work as a youth worker for a non-profit organization. And um, yeah, so I, as I, uh, I said, I was born and raised in Amsterdam, and um, I grew up in a very... How can I say it? I grew up in a Surinamese uh, with Surinamese mom and dad. But when you come from Suriname, you're always mixed. So my dad is a Surinamese Chinese and uh, mixed with others. And my mom is a Creolian mm -hmm. and uh, Indian. And so all these cultures came and mixed together. And I grew up in a quite a, a liberate home. Uh, my my mom was always working and my dad uh, was a stay-at-home dad and uh, they were always married contrary to what a lot of people always ask me a lot of people always ask me oh um 
are your mom and dad still together now? Well, at least now they don't because my mom, my dad passed away three years ago, but my parents were always married. And um, I have two sisters, uh, one older and one younger, and I have two older half sisters. And um, when we grew up, yeah, they, as I said, they were really, um, they, they were really free in their thinking. Uh, they didn't have any really strict rules. <laughs> so I was kind of raised with the idea that anything was possible in life. In high school, I was, um, I would say, a normal student, um, a bit average. But I was very social and I was always very busy with uh, inequality in the school and in the society. Looking back at it, I always had um, quite a heart for for others or for people who didn't, who, who struggled in life. I remember that we had big discussions with the um, whole class about gay rights and uh, how the world influences or uh, commercial influences your brain. And um, I was always very... Um, yeah, strong opinionated. <laughs> For a 15-year-old, I uh, I was quite opinionated, yeah. And um, my parents always encouraged us, all of us three, to go out and uh, see the world. I kind of took that very literally. Mm. So I moved uh, abroad twice to Barcelona and uh, Buenos Aires. And uh, those two experiences really made me into the woman mother and wife that i am today thank you so much that's a very nice introduction into yeah, who you are as i said you have two blogs and obviously i want to talk about both of them but first i want us to talk about this girl can cook can you share a little bit what is it about what's this, the history what does it mean to you and to your audience um well it's actually funny because it all started with this girl's black book uh, that was my first blog, and I, it started in 2012 when I came back from Argentina, and I was uh, in between jobs and um, had a lot of time on my hands. It was in the middle of the um, the crisis, and uh, I I actually I moved to Argentina thinking that when I would come back that um, every the situation would change and that there would be a lot of jobs. But yeah, I just had a lot of time on my hands and I didn't really know what to do and I couldn't find proper job, so to say. Um, and then I thought, okay, what am I missing? Is there maybe something that I can do? You know, maybe I can be an entrepreneur. And then I thought when I grew up, I, I, I had a really nice childhood, but I was always missing an example. I did have Oprah Winfrey on television. I used to watch a lot of television. But when I read books or I, I, I never saw myself in those books, I grew up wishing that I was white and that I had blonde hair and blue eyes. And I didn't see myself in the, yeah, the, the, the books or the cartoons or the television. So I decided to raise this girl's black book and um, that was about black people and uh, their stories. So it was from cooking to uh, hair products for black hair to makeup for the black skin to uh, pantyhose for the black skin. 
what 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 does skin color even mean when when you look it up when you say oh i have a skin color pantyhose often it's not it doesn't even come close to what my color is so i i started to write about it and um it became a small success i didn't make money out of it but um it was yeah it, it it was really nice to do something for myself i started this i started another business and from that on uh, a few years later um, me and my sister started this girl can cook and it's about healthy and black soul food and uh, we started for two reasons and one of the reasons was that my grandma um she was 90 and we discovered that she uh, had a lot of like authentic Surinamese recipes in her head, but every time we we tried to get the recipes, she said, "Yeah, you have to just feel the recipe, you know, because the Surinamese recipes don't come with like 100 milliliter of this and two cubes of that. It's just tasting and doing and smelling, feeling and well, that wasn't really clear to us. So I a few afternoons I really learned the tricks from her or the recipes and I wrote everything down and um, then I started to make those recipes and really narrow them down to the milliliters and that's what we posted online so the POM the one of the classic Surinamese recipes but also how to make Surinamese lemonade those kind of things and then our dad passed away um, due to diabetes. And we actually found out that he had diabetes because uh, of his lifestyle. My dad was a, a sweet tooth. And he, um, if he would have changed his lifestyle into a healthier lifestyle, he probably would have lived longer. So that was very painful for us, but it was also an inspiration for us to help others to eat healthier and still enjoy this yeah, soul food. So we're trying to make soul food, uh, which in the basis is often yeah, fried or sweet or very salty and, and very rich in uh, carbs. We try to make it healthier. So those two were inspirations for this cook and cook. And um, yeah, we're, we're still doing uh, those blogs. Yes. And um, it's funny because when one of my kids had a birthday, maybe you remember, I invited now, she's also your friend, Karin. And when she saw you, she had never met you, but she knew you from the blog. And she was like, yeah. oh my God, it's you. And I remember the encounter. She was so excited to meet you. Yeah. And the other day I was uh, talking to a friend of mine. And then uh, she also follows both of your blogs. And she also oh. told me, especially the one with the food. For her, it's very yeah. special because she's a vegetarian. And uh, she just loves what you what you make there, and uh, she follows you with a lot of passion. So you're yeah. really making a difference. Yes, yeah, since you have a passion for food, I thought it would be nice to find out what's your favorite dish, and uh, with whom would you like to share it? <laughs> I, it's probably uh, not not the answer that a lot of people expect, because uh, uh, this cook and cook is is for a big part it's vegan and healthy but um, my favorite dish is french fries i really love uh, patates uh, frites uh, with mayonnaise and uh, peanut butter sauce i love to eat it with friends family uh, ella likes it but the kids don't love it as much as i do 
uh, when I, when I make it at home, they are happy, but yeah, they're not as happy as I used to be when my mom and dad said, oh, we're going to eat French fries. And my dad always used to joke, I think this kid is made out of French fries because every I could eat it every day. It would be also nice now to move to your book because you've also written a book, a children's book. Can you share a little bit about the book with us and also about the, the publisher? The, so the publisher is called uh, Studio Sesam Book. It's a Flemish publisher, and um, they make book that, books that are inclusive. So um, it's not only about um, color, but it's also about um, woman, men, uh, relationships, or um, being who you want to be. So, for example, I, I got, I got. I don't know who, who pointed me out to the books, but I found a book and um, it was about, it, it's called, I don't want to go to Morocco. Yeah, it's I have that one as well. Book. And uh, it's about a boy who lives in Belgium. And uh, well, a lot of Moroccans go to Morocco every summer. And um, the Moroccans save a lot of money to go there. And uh, as his parents do, but but they also have a, a life here. And I I used to grow up in a Moroccan neighborhood, and I remember that um, that was a bit of the same for my Moroccan friends. That you know they they during the year they would have me as a friend, and when when it was a summer holiday, the whole neighborhood would be empty, and they would go to Morocco uh, to cousins, nephews, and stuff, and they, uh, we would miss each other, and so so the book is about going to your own country while you you also have a country uh, in your own yeah your home where you live. It's about two having two identities, and I think that's something that we struggle with, or kids struggle with, with more than we think they do. Um, so I I, I I was really in love with that book, and uh, I looked the publisher up and and then I saw that they had a sort of competition where you could you could um send in a a concept for a children's book and it had to be inclusive so it had to uh involve um either or it had to be about kids so it couldn't be about animals and oh we have a pig and a cow and a dog and but we are all the same we have all the same hearts now it really had to be about kids with color or uh, maybe a disability or not anything. Um, so I wrote a, a proposal and um, it was uh, accepted uh, out of a lot of proposals. So I, I remember I, I got the, the call and, and I, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. It was really one of my um, dreams come true to write a, a children's book. And uh, um, then I, I wrote a book about, um, actually, it's kind of a normal family situation. So it's about a, a, a girl who gets a younger brother, a baby brother, and then uh, she sees that he gets all the attention, which, which is normal if you have a baby brother or sister. And then um, she does everything to get the attention and love back from her mother and dad. And then she realizes throughout the process that she don't, that she doesn't need to get the attention back in a negative way. Um, 
and she realizes that her brother that, that her brother is an addition to the family and it doesn't take anything away from the family so i love the story uh about realizing that you you don't have to be something else to uh get the love that you deserve and um it, within the story um i wrote it with an indonesian illustrator and we so we we put in the story little details of our culture so for example if you look at the bed bathing the bathroom you see um that that's my mother's bathroom actually so you see the lima coal and uh, the eau de cologne with, which is typically what we use in in the Surinamese culture and um she also had a scene um in the door where she had put some indonesian shoes so in little details you can see it's not a typical white family home and then what we also did is to look at the characters they are both they are all colored um but the mom is going to work and the dad is a stay at home dad like, just like my dad was so i want to i want to i really love books where they where where the diversity or where, where everything works but it's not that obvious so it's not like i'm black and you're white sometimes it has to be that obvious but i like it more if if a if a kid is just a kid and it happens to be black or redhead or uh disabled and it doesn't have and the story is not about the disability necessarily yeah. i think that's 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 really what we need in children's book to make it more common um and often if if you were to buy a book now you don't see a character uh that is from a muslim culture unless it's about a muslim culture and i mean if you would just make a story about a classroom i think it should involve kids of all color to normalize it and to get to let all kids um meet other colors and cultures and yeah um, yeah totally it's it's really about representation and that's why i love these books i actually bought many of yeah. them and because they're just stories and some of the characters are jewish others are muslim others are black there are yeah. women with hijab yeah. there is a mosque then you have a family where you don't wear the the, the shoes in the house so uh yes yeah. it's uh, i find it also very very important i remember when i was younger because you know i grew up also in germany as a as a greek in a greek family and there were no books about anybody that looked like me or from my culture and there was just one book where there was like the neighbors were greek and i loved the book so much because i was like wow they have a greek family in that book you know and uh, yeah absolutely agree with you that uh, this has to change because it's yeah. really about representation and about having normal stories with all kinds of characters I will um post all the information also about your book of course later on on the website so people mm -hmm. can have a deeper look also in the publisher and of course also your blogs. Teva, do you have um a favorite quote? <laughs> well, that depends on my day or my mood. <laughs> <laughs> Because this morning I had quite a challenging morning with my youngest one. So, yeah, I I have several quotes but if I if i uh uh if i were to think about this morning i i would say the quote uh i used to be normal but that drove me mad <laughs> and um because yeah i think 
I, I always thought I was a bit normal until I became a mom and then uh, found out that I could be quite mad and uh, not mad as in like uh, furious, but a bit crazy. Another quote that I really like is, don't believe everything you uh, think. Don't, so don't believe everything you think. And um, I think that is really, that is a really a nice quote to remember that everything that's in your head is often, it's just a thought and it goes and comes. You don't have to believe the thoughts that are in your head. And then last but not least, is that this is a, a quote that I I really carry with myself every, every day. And it's, um, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm. And uh, I think that's my favorite and that's really my motivation uh, when it came to the blog and the book and the work that I'm doing now. What is female solidarity to you? What does it mean? Um, I think it's being happy for other women, for other women, sorry, when they reach something that you also want to reach and not be jealous of them, but to encourage them. And um, I mean, someone else's success is not our failure you know, or my failure. And if someone else has success, I think it's really nice. Praise them for what they reach. And it's not, if, if they reach something that, that I want to reach, I can only be happy for them. And I can also reach it uh, by, especially by being uh, uh, their cheerleaders and not their, their devils or, um, you know, by, by taking taking them down online. And I think... Sometimes I find it really hard to criticize other women. Um, I'm on Twitter often, and um, I, I especially don't criticize black women. When, when I see them doing something wrong, for example, I don't criticize them because I think, for me, female solidarity is to praise them when they do something good and when they do something bad, to see them as just normal human being. If they are doing something really, really bad, of course you can always be uh, critical, or you can, you can, yeah, you can say support. something about it. Yeah, you, but but it's better to support than to take someone down. Yeah, yeah. It's also a lot about this. Instead of competing with each other, to see the other woman as an inspiration, right? And to see, yeah, you can also do it. Wow, I never thought about this. This is amazing. I will try yeah. to do the same or, yeah. Exactly, yeah. You also have a nice quote in your house from Buddha that, that I read the other day when I visited you that goes a little bit into the direction, as you said, right? It's about if you go your own way, no one can overtake you or something like this. I think that's such a nice quote, but it's also a quote that I have to repeat to myself yeah. every day, especially uh, in, the, in the blogging community. You see other bloggers Uh, doing the same or or something as 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 we are doing and growing and growing and it's very tricky to look at that and think oh uh, well now uh, they are doing something better or um, they are um, they are not working as hard but they are getting more followers more likes I think it, it's, I, I always tell my sister, especially not to look at, at other people's likes or um, their numbers or statistics, because it's not about their statistics, it's about our st statistics. And uh, um, it's about the love we put in. 
And yeah, I think it's very distracting, the, the comparison to others. And I think it's very unhealthy. And um, that's why I think it's, it's also a really great idea to now and then um, to remove Instagram from your phone and uh, to not look on Facebook as much um, because it, it really works addictive. The likes, the comments, the, the oh, I love this so much. And uh, uh, wow, what really matters is your, your, your physical life and not your online life. And I mean, if, if you strive for what others have, you, you will never be happy with what you have. Yes, yes. Thank you for your honesty on that, yeah. You've already actually given us a little glimpse into how you raise your daughters, but how do you and Robert Jan, like, raise them? Do you have some, do you have certain principles you follow? Um, and what do you wish for them for the future? I think Robert Jan, he was... Um, I knew that he was an, an, an exceptional man and he would be a great husband and a, a really great dad. And what I really like about him is that he is a feminist as a man and that he is really, uh, when, when I see him uh, taking care of our daughters and teaching them things, he doesn't think in... Um, men or women, a female or male, he, he thinks in as a person. And he would, for example, when he speaks about love, he says, when you fall in love with a person, he never says, when you fall in love with a man or uh, with a with a boy. And um, Ella, she's, she, she actually told us that she was in love with uh, someone from her class. And then Robojan um, was guessing. And then he, he starts with a Uh, uh, um, with a girl from her class, you know, so he he doesn't take the the normal road, and um, yeah, I think we are raising them to to think very liberate and to think for themselves, to to be very critical of 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 the things in life, and I really like it that the school there at the Freie School. So it's a, like school. a Waldorf, yeah, the free free school, and it's a, a Waldorf education where they the 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 goal from the school or the mission is to become who you really are. So what I found out is that Ella, if she doesn't like anything, she often says, uh, "I want you to stop. I really don't like what you're doing, and it's hurting me." She's she's only five, and she she really knows how to express herself she really knows her boundaries yeah. and uh, i think that's so so important and not only physically but also mentally so if you have a friend or a coworker that is really putting you with a lot of work and you you don't know how to 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 stop them you're gonna overwork and we always teach ella to calm down, slow down, and uh, to, to choose happiness. So that's, yeah, we raise our daughters, I think, socially aware and um, always to do things for others. And they always come to my work as well. And um, they see what I do for, uh, for work. And uh, yeah, I think, I think they're all, I think they will grow up like, yeah, how I was when I was yeah. a teenager and i hope they will grow up like that being 
aware of, of others and, and social issues and uh, never afraid to open their mouth in situations where you should open your mouth. D don't stay silent because you think your opinion is not worth it. That's what I really wish for them. And happiness, of course. Beautiful. I cannot agree less. Yeah. I remind myself now why we are friends. I remember everything that you've said so far. Yeah. You've already mentioned your work. Um, you're a youth worker. And yeah. um, share a little bit about your work with us. Like, what do you encounter? And uh, what do you think is important? What, what should we do for this next generation to elevate them, to equip them and to strengthen them? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a, a youth worker and it's, it's, it's really actually, it's quite funny because I, I knew I, I just like how you are as a person that, that you can talk to people and that you can, all people always told me that they feel so comfortable talking to me and, um, That they that they always felt like they could tell their problems, and I always said to to everyone, I I, I think it's a nice characteristic, but it's not something you can really do anything with, you know. And um, by accident, I found this job, and every characteristic of myself that I thought was nice but I couldn't do anything with comes together in this job. So um, listening to people and uh, being open and it's, I work with youngsters from 12 to 23 and I, I help them and I coach them on their way to uh, becoming an adult. And it's really different. I work with a lot of groups. I have like a girl group that is from 10 to 16 years old those are girls that are a bit more vulnerable either they're diagnosed with autism some some have aggression problems some are abused they have different kind of issues some are just shy i also have um, an eating club for youngsters that are a bit lonely and you wouldn't expect it but a lot of youngsters especially in the age of 16 years, are really lonely, even though they have a lot of followers online and uh, they seem to have some friends. They are, from the inside, really lonely. That maybe a club of youngsters who are all a bit lonely but all love to eat together would be a, gr a great idea. And, uh, well, that became a whole group. One of the things I do with the group is... I coordinate the whole process of cooking, but I also talk to the kids during the cooking about how they're doing, how they're feeling. And I tend to do it in a, not an aggressive way, but a really, um, yeah, how's your day been? And um, how did you feel last week? And those kind of questions. So it's more of like a therapy and cooking in, in all in once. And I do a lot of things with the environment. So I, I organize cleanups with the kids to keep the neighborhood clean. What you asked me about what the youngsters nowadays would need, I think it's really important that as a society, we have more eye for each other. So, for example, if you have neighbors and you see the kids uh, who are 10 or maybe younger, they're outside on the street really until late 
I think that you you should be aware of of I mean kids should be in bed at that time. It's eleven o'clock and and a kid is still outside. For me, that's really worrying. I think the neighborhood often closes their closes their eyes. School also closes their eyes, or they don't have the time often to really look into the social issues that there are. Uh, poverty. If there is like an older brother who's already um, dealing drugs, that you 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 can have a lot of signs where you can see that a kid could go into the wrong way. And if you if you don't address those signs, then I, I would say before the kid is 12, it's very, very difficult to to do something about it. I really hope the government or organizations see that if you want to do something about the poverty and, and um, the crime, the, the injustice, you need to tackle the system much earlier and not mm. when they are 16 because yeah. then it's often far too late yeah and often it's also a, a question of space right if they live in a very small house or even yeah. the neighborhood where you live like you know the neighborhood yeah. where you used to live also with me before there were not so many possibilities even for kids and no. then now that that is kind of being gentrified suddenly they're building playgrounds and they're making the street nice and they have cafes and things like that but Before it was not like this. It really often really breaks my heart to see. So, for example, I have one girl who I coach. She grows up in um, um, an apartment where they have two bedrooms and they live with six people in two bedrooms. She went to just uh, the neighborhood school and she got a very, very low advice. Well, I know her from my group and I know that she's smart and she, yeah. she's independent. And so I talked to her teacher about her advice and I, I asked her teacher, why did you give her that advice? Because I know that her her sito toots is is isn't that low and then the teacher said yeah but she comes from a background where yeah who is going to support her when she goes to uh, uh, college and uh, um, so she had all of those excuses and I said well I'm her coach you know well, why don't you even give her the chance you know and, and it was so it was very It was really cringeworthy, actually. It wasn't even frustrating, but it, it was cringeworthy to see that a lot of teachers don't give you a chance just because where you are born and yeah. just because your parents don't speak the language. And uh, so in the end, uh, after a lot of talking, she got a higher advice. We were looking for secondary schools. So you have two schools the one that she was supposed to go to. And that one school is located next to a highway. And the school is just a concrete building, totally <laughs> uninspirational building. And they have a small playground where next to the highway where, the, where you can only inhale gasoline. Well, the, there isn't much of an art or the development opportunities in the school aren't really big and we looked at another school where they have the higher education uh, the higher advice of half of VVO and that school was located near the forest all white school by the way but near the forest near the dunes and the sea and when they um, 
when they have the the weekly sports, they uh, always sports sport in the nature. Um, if you were to look at their cafeteria, it's healthy food, it's smoothies, it's salads. So you really see the difference where if, if your kid gets an opportunity or not uh, in school, in environment, and if you grow up or if you're in a school where only just the fresh air is so much better, I think you, you're, you get to you get more opportunities to learn course, better. Of course. It's and also, I mean, what you mentioned, it's an example of institutional discrimination. Like you, exactly. you couldn't give a better example, actually. And a lot of people still deny it, but it's there. And it's very often in institutions such as the school. So, yeah. 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 Teva, you really make the world more beautiful. I think I could talk to you for another hour. <laughs> Who has been your soul? Who has inspired you to become who you are? Yeah. One of the first people that come to my mind is my mother. Because she, she was really, for me, she is an inspiration because she's born a social worker. Always talks to everyone. She doesn't make a difference in people. She's really open-minded, minded. Uh, so she's my number one inspiration, I would say. And yeah, also it's cliche, but as a little girl, Oprah Winfrey was really my uh, inspiration, my salt. And uh, she was the, the only black woman I saw on television. And yeah, I, I really, I loved, loved her show. Uh, I, I've been watching Oprah Winfrey ever since I, I could watch TV probably. <laughs> So and um, I got a lot of really good advice from her. I really remember that she, yeah, she was such a big inspiration yeah, for me. She made an Definitely. impact on you. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And to whom do you want to pass this hold? Mm, well, the, all the quotes that I've mentioned before is, is something that I definitely would want to say to the younger generation. And seeing the job that I have today, I think that even though people or other people don't value your talent as much as they would like, I mean, normally people say, oh, you're intelligent, you're good at math, but if you're good at listening to people or if you're good at drawing, that really also means something. So don't only value the the normal things in life or the normal, uh, how can I say, the the normal characteristics in life that normal people say, oh, you're good at math, so you can be something in life. Yeah, the, not the mainstream talents, but, yeah. but also other talents. If you're good with animals, that says something about you. So don't discredit those things because society discredits them. Yeah, and you are a very good example. Yeah, yeah. It took me a while to get here, but... I think it, it really made my life. I took a long path, but no one's path is straight. And uh, I'm really happy with the path that I, uh, that I walked. And you're still also, walking it. Like, I'm still, like, exactly. Yeah. That's why I also said at the beginning, and Michelle Obama also says it, right? We are constantly becoming. We don't reach a point, okay, now we finished and that's it. No, we are constantly no. becoming. Yeah, I'm not there yet. Definitely not. 
I'm growing every day. Um, but I wish I would have had more confidence in myself and and uh, trusting the process that it will be okay. Do you have a question for me? Ooh, <laughs> so many <laughs> questions. <laughs> I think I, I'm I'm curious how if if you would make because you have a daughter and uh, three sons and how if there's a difference in how you would raise them that's a good question um because i was raised in a bit of a different way so i have a brother and th there was a difference in how we were raised and it was difficult for me and i'm not saying this to blame my parents or anything because they did the best they could and they On the one hand, they really brought me up to be independent and emancipated. But on the other hand, there were also statements like, you're a girl, you need to clean. Oh, you don't like cooking, but you're a woman. What will your mother-in-law think? So these kind of statements. And now with my kids, I'm really trying to, to raise them th the same way. Of course, my daughter is still little. So uh, I, I don't know, maybe it will change in the future. I can imagine maybe that I will be a little bit more protective over her, but it's not, it's just more because of how society is. And as a woman, you know, we have a vagina, we have breasts, we are, you know, people treat us differently. So I, I will have different conversations with her to prepare her for certain things. Mm -hmm. But I want all of my kids to be outspoken, to stand up for themselves, for others, to believe in themselves, to love themselves. And it's really about this, that they love themselves and that they know that they're worth it, they have value and that nobody can downgrade them, the things that you actually explained. So on the higher level, yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm, I will raise them the same and I will teach my boys to, to have respect. And if a woman says no, it means no, for instance. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, so there are certain things where I will have to have different conversations with them. But overall... I, I don't make a difference between my daughter and, and my sons. No, mm -hmm. not at all. Yeah. And it's a lot about the respect and the love. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's what I expected from you. <laughs> <laughs> no such, no, no big surprise. <laughs> oh, thank you, David. That was so nice speaking to you. Um, and it's funny because um, I will, you know, always at the end of my podcast, I always honor a woman. So today I want to honor Maya Angelou. And, you know, she had a huge impact on Oprah. She was yeah. actually Oprah's mentor. So it really fits in the way we, yeah. we didn't plan it. So I want to honor her because I just love Maya Angelou. She has been also to me such a great inspiration because she had a thousand lives. And that also fits yeah. into what we said today. I mean, she was a poet. She was an actress, a singer. She was the first black female cable car conductor in San Francisco. And if you read her book and you see how she pushed to become this cable car conductor because it wasn't easy and her mother believed in her and she just did it. It's just amazing. Mm. And she was a single mother. She spoke six languages, wrote two cookbooks, seven autobiographies, 30 books. She was a professor and she lived in, in the US, obviously. She lived in Cairo. She lived in Ghana. I mean, th there's so much about her and, and oh. he was, she's just incredible. And I recommend reading her, her life story and her poems and anything you can get from her because she really taught the world that you can be many things and that you can do many of these things well. And she showed us that we are constantly becoming what we discussed today. She touched lives. And to me, she left an incredible legacy behind. And I want to read out one of her quotes that I love a lot. 
She said, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor and some style. And this is how I want us to finish today and to take our advice, literally, actually, because yeah. that's what we should do. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Taveta, for taking the thank time you. to speak to us, share your wisdom. And I will upload all your information and literature um, on my website. So yeah. also thank you to everyone for listening. Please visit my website, saltthepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram under saltthepodcast. And feel free to contact me if you have questions, if you want to speak on my show or comments, anything is welcome. I love to hear from you. Something that is loved is never lost. I'm Stella Sagliari and this is Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast.